Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Matt from The Duran Show. You're getting ready to hear episode number five, where we chat about Radagast and his alliance. Before the show gets started, just want to put out a quick plug to check out the Instagram account, where you can see pictures of our work. We also like to post stuff related to the show's content that we might have talked about. Check it out. The underscore Duran underscore show. Enjoy episode five. Duran Show, episode five. Welcome back, everybody. Matt Mitchell. Good to be back. How's it going? It's going fantastic. It's a beautiful day outside. I actually think I might be a little bit sunburned, but that's neither here nor there. Sunburned in the Pacific Northwest. It's hard to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Really fascinating lineup tonight. A lot of uh, in-depth army review. On a more unique hero heavy or low model count elite. It's like our first low model count or elite force review. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. Um, but Matt, yeah, you're starting off our, our army reviews. Why don't you walk us through the army and we can chat about the, the faction itself for a while. And then we can jump into the actual list that you've been running. Yeah. So tonight we're going to talk about Radagast Alliance. Um, which is essentially two models, and then you bring in the Misty Mountains into that. Uh, so Radagast Alliance, Army Bonus, Eagle models gain plus one strength on a turn in which they charge. Exact same as the Misty Mountains, I do believe. Mm-hmm. So the armor list includes Radagast the Brown, Bjorn the Bear, Gwahir, Lord of the... Uh, I guess it's just Gwahir in this version. And then uh, Great Eagles. So, this army is the ultimate for people who don't like to set up a lot of different things on the board. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there is a more points per model average army in the entire book. I don't think there is. I think this is the highest points per average anywhere. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think even like Duran's company and the White Council. And 125 apiece. They beat yeah, because there's, there's yeah. two 200 point models in this list. It's going to be really close. The ends are 125 each and then the, each end hero 200 and then 160 and then 140. All right, let's start to calculators. Yeah, we got to calculate it up. Now the the pressure's on because it's... Oh, this is easy. You're at six models. You're at 200 with Radagast because you're going to bring either an Eagle or the Slay, depending on whether or not you bring Gwahir. Either way, it's really close. So let's just, while you're crunching the numbers, Marcus, let's just say it is a very expensive per model basis army. Um, but But it's super fun. So before we get into specifics, I feel like... If you're ever just wanting to have a good time playing the game, probably my favorite go-to. I love playing this army because no matter what you're doing, it's always fun. You always feel like you can annoy the heck out of your opponent, but you're probably going to lose the game unless you play flawlessly. So, kind of a unique <laughs> take. Um, Radagast, super, super versatile. Um, 
probably the weirdest dynamic of the best of being just an outstanding support hero, great leader, but then also depending on how you kid him out, can turn into sneaky, sneaky huge killer. Um, Bjorn, terrifying. We'll have some funny stories about Bjorn. He can be terrifying for your opponent. He can be terrifying for you to, with his reckless charge rule. Gua here, pretty solid. And Eagles, my goodness, I don't think there's anything more fun than catching somebody off guard with like a 10-model hurdle. So what do you guys think about the Army? Then we'll talk about points, specific build. What's your guys' general impression? Have you played against it? You like it? You drool when you see it because you think you're going to kill it? You're scared? What? What's going on? Before I give my answer, Mitchell, how many arm models do you normally run in your 800-point ints list? Five, I think. Five? No, it, there's. Let's see. Hold on. Is it more than six? It uh, no. Six. no, no, for sure. Let's see. So 200 for Treebeard, 160 for Beachbone, 140 for Quick Beam, and then 125 for each end. Yeah, you're at. Uh, you can get. You can get five models in because you'd have to sub out some things. So you're about, probably at that five model mark. Oh, so then you're going to be slightly more. Because Matt's running six miles and you're running five miles. But uh, back to your question, Matt. What do I think? I think the, before I ever played against this type of list, the, before I played against a Radagast-led list, I thought it was going to be a walk in the park, and I was pretty excited to play against it until I actually played against it. And I got taken for a few walks around the park, to say the least. The amount of magic when when I looked at Radagast being because I think he's a leader in this in this army. Uh, yeah, he's a hero of legends. He's a hero okay. of legends. So I think uh, Guahir is also. But let me look at the bonus. I'm not sure what Guahir is when you take him in this list. Great Eagles, Guahir. Yeah, so it downgrades Guahir to Valor in this. So Radagast is your leader if you bring him. When I first saw 200 points for a wizard. You're going to be rolling the dice a lot to see if you can even cast a spell in case somebody can countercharge you. Not a lot of might. I was like, this is going to be this is going to be easy. The amount of spells that he has, especially on the sleigh, the amount of spells he has, and the ability to move crazy distance, cast a spell, cast an annoying spell is what I like to call them, and then abandon ship, turn around, and run somewhere completely different. His sleigh makes him match the mobility of the, the beast flying with him. And it's it's incredible. And I was fine. I, I, I fought against this army. I've never fought against a sleigh. I fought against a mounted Radagast or a eagle uh, ridden Radagast. Um, they, my army is more typical in model count. And I've never been able to fight with my entire army. I've always had parts of it just get decimated. Then they run away. Then they come back and decimate it. And then they run away. And by that time, the game's about to end, and I don't have any assets left on the table. Uh, I'm actually 0 for 2. No, 1 for 3 against this army. Very, very tough, uh, depending on what the objectives are, what the scenarios are, what they're trying to do, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Mitch, what, what about you? Uh, I've only played against it once and I wouldn't say that was really fair. We were just kind of having fun cause I was running the Belrog and a dragon with breathe fire. So okay. not really, not really fun. Uh, it was still it, like, it was a, like, a, it was like a 
kill all scenario. We weren't even playing a scenario. It was just like throw some models on the board. Who's the last man standing? Surprise, it was the Balrog. But uh, I've seen it played many times, and man, it's scary. Uh, I'd like to get against the table again. It just hasn't come up again, but man, it, he, he uses it really, really well. So you, you typically play against one guy that uses this? Yeah, there's there's one guy, Nick, uh, in the Seattle area. Man, he he just, like Marcus says, he's really good at the shenanigans. And that's what he calls it, just a lot of shenanigans. Uh, just like he'll blitz one side, and by the time you try to you know, re- reform a line and catch up to it, it runs away to the other side and blitzes the other side and then just picks you apart. And then by the end, you're like, well, my force is completely scattered. I have no objectives. I have no heroes left. And he hasn't lost a single eagle yet. <laughs> but the tables yeah. can turn really quickly, though, because if you flop one roll and you have a trapped eagle, they can go down really quick, and then it puts you at a huge disadvantage. So um, we were joking about this ahead of the recording. Very high skill cap, I think, on this army. Yeah, yeah. So actually, I would like to have that discussion about the skill cap on air because that was kind of – we were talking about a different army, but I think that would be awesome in relation to this army. Now, a few few things. Um, so I think I said this isn't my favorite army, but it's definitely my most fun army. So I I like to rock it every once in a while. It's the weirdest thing to build a list for, I think, in the game. If you ever go to a tournament that is not an even 100 points value, if it's ever like 750, you know they're a Radagast Alliance player. Because anything in a 100... Even hundreds limits you, I think, when you build a list. So we'll go through the models just because it's it's pretty pretty short. Um, but when you take Radagast, you're you're always torn with: do you take him on an eagle, or do you take him on a sleigh? And I feel like that will be the most controversial thing we'll talk about because I know there's a lot of people who think different ways. Um, I personally, well, let. Now let's do this. Let's go into my 800-point list, and then we can talk about some nuance, if that's cool with you guys. Yeah, do it. All right, so uh, built the army tonight at 800 points. This is the typical – this is the only way I've ever brought this army. Um, it's always been at this points value and with this build. So leader, Radagast the Brown. Uh, bring him with Sebastian. For people who don't know, Sebastian gives you an – ex- Got a little hedgehog, which is <laughs> so so awesome. But he adds an attack at fight one. Where's my little rule for here? Just uh, sure just was... just backtracking a little bit. The guy who plays this uh, army has done extensively researched and has confirmed that you can take Sebastian on an eagle, and he does contribute his one attack from the eagle. So he throws him down, <laughs> bounces off the dude, and comes back up to the eagle, and thus contributes his one attack. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but but here the frustrating thing is I don't think you could ever actually do that in this army and not completely screw yourself, unless you make a like this army allows you to take hundred point models, two hundred point models. Or if you do Radagast on the Eagle with Sebastian, you're going to be at five points over 100 Mm. somewhere. So Mm. unless you have like some insanely sporting player who's like, yes, we'll play at 805 points, you can never do it, which is so frustrating. (laughs) That's true. That's good. I I, kind of rattled through that, so it probably doesn't make sense, but hopefully we can circle back because that's a 
the probably the most frustrating thing about this list. Okay, so anyway, Sebastian lets you. Um, where's my rule? Where's my rule? Sebastian, if Radagast is accompanied by Sebastian, he may always make an additional attack in close combat with a fight value and strength value of one. Roll a separate d6 for Sebastian, which cannot be altered by might. So basically, for five points, you get to add an extra dice with the hope of uh, getting a six in that. Okay, so got Radag got Sebastian. Radagast himself is 150, Sebastian five, and then I have the sleigh at 45 points. So this takes Radagast up to 200 points total. Um, the sleigh is so much fun. Um, the sleigh, and I don't know what's happening here. I'm used to doing electronic rules and I'm on the paper. So the sleigh counts as a mount with the following profile. Uh, it's got woodland creature and it's been FAQ'd to say it's got fleet foot. Um, so it's got movement 10, defense 3, 4 attacks, 4 wounds, courage 2. So think about this. Radagast on the charge with Sebastian is rolling uh, let's see, 6 dice on the charge, which is crazy. So Radagast profile, fight 5, strength 4, defense 5, attacks 1, wounds 3, courage 7. He's got three might with the staff of power in this build, so he's got six base will with a free one per turn, three fate. Radagast got some master of birds, so basically anything within 12 inches of an eagle uh, can be seen. Actually, I think it's anywhere on the board. You guys know that one? Master of birds is he has line of sight anywhere on the battlefield, and any eagle within 12 inches gets resistant to magic. Yeah, there you go. So it's kind of like a combined new rule with his old profile back 10, 10 15 years ago yeah. um, when Radagast had the bird sight. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be hilarious for me tonight because after last week with my electronic rules where I got upset that the War Priest was strength six with three attacks, <laughs> I've switched to my hard copy book. I'm not used to using it, so I'm having to read for the first time versus clicking on hyperlinks. This is going to be a rough episode. <laughs> Uh, spell casting on Radagast, he's just insane. He's got Panic Steed on a 2+, Terrifying Aura on a 2+, Immobilize on a 3+, Renew, which is probably my favorite spell in this list build, on a 3, Nature's Wrath on a 4, and Aura of Dismay on a 5. Okay, so other heroes in the this army is Bjorn at 200 points. Bjorn is just insane. Um... We'll get into him uh, in a little bit. But so just between those two models, you're at 400 points. Eagles in the list are 100 points each. So I brought four eagles. I think everybody's probably familiar with the eagles. But uh, did you say you included Sebastian? Yes, because Sebastian's five points. The Slay's 45. Radagast 150. So it takes oh. him to an 200. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the Great Eagle. That's 50 point upgrade. So the Slay is 45. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Which, which I think is why they did the Great Eagle at 50 points, because it's basically keeping you from taking Sebastian, even though you theoretically could. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Clever, clever pointing there. I do want to make sure we spend a lot of time talking about Bjorn when we get there. Uh, you glossed over him a lot, but I think he is one of the most controversial heroes in terms of people slamming him. For being how much he's be 200 points, 
And I have been a part of so many threads where people just absolutely trash him. I think I'm actually on the bandwagon of trashing him um, at this point level. So I'm excited to hear you talk about how you use him, your experience with him, and frustrations with him. All right. So you guys have to forgive me for a tangent because I want I want to really dive into building this list. But I mean, let's go ahead since it's so short. Let's talk about the models, and then I want to deviate to a funny story of a of a Bjorn slaughter. Um, so let's let's do go through Bjorn's profile right now. Um, Bjorn, two hundred points base, and he's weird because he's got two different profiles because he's a he's a, sh a shape changer. So in man form, which is how he starts the game, he's move six, fight six, strength five, defense five, attack three, wounds three, courage six, three might, three will, three fate. Burly, fearless, resistant to magic, woodland creature. He's got a two-handed axe, but he's burly. Um, he's got heroic strike, heroic strength, heroic defense. And then he's got the special rule, Skin Changer. So to, uh, Bjorn has the ability to transfigure his body into a deadly bear. To change Bjorn's form, the controlling player may roll a d6 at the start of Bjorn's move. On a 4+, might may be used to impact the roll. Bjorn changes shape from a man into a bear, or vice versa. Replace Bjorn the model with Bjorn the bear, or vice versa. Bjorn can then continue with his move as normal, including making charges. Bjorn cannot change form if there's enemy model in base contact with him. So let's switch over to the bear profile. Movement eight, fight eight, strength eight, defense eight, attack three, wound six, courage six, uh, might will fate as coming from the profile before. So three, three, three. I think he still wounds, wounds three, yeah, courage six. I think six. you misspoke there. Three attacks, three uh, wounds, courage six. What did I say? Six, Six wounds. wounds. I was like, "Whoa, he's <laughs> that, that would be awesome." This is my fantasy Bjorn. profile. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 No wonder you've been winning bet. with this list. Holy cow! <laughs> yes. There's going to be I'd some opponents that want to redo. I'd still it, take my war priest against it. <laughs> oh yes, the war priest in the electronic book profile version. Okay, so Bjorn and Bear is burly, fearless, resistant to magic, causes terror, woodland creature. My favorite art about Bjorn, the crushing strength, brutal power attack. If Bjorn wins a duel, instead of striking as normal, choose a losing model. That model immediately suffers a strength 10 hit. If the to wound roll is successful, the victim suffers another strength hit, and so on until the victim is either dead or Bjorn fails to wound his victim. We'll talk about that a little later. Next special rule, berserk. And this is probably why people uh, get down on Bjorn because he's such an investment in points. Uh, Bjorn the bear must always charge an enemy if he's able to. Additionally, Bjorn may not use the stand fast or heroic actions of other models and other models may not use his whilst he is in bear form. Now just for note later, it says he has to charge a model if he can do so. It does not say the nearest model. Correct. Okay. Um, Skin changer, we've already covered that. Okay, so that's him. Switch over to the Eagles. Um, you can take Gua here in this list at 150 points. Again, that has really crazy interactions with uh, points values if you're taking Radagast. Or, I mean, you almost have to have an odd number of points in a tournament if you're going to take Gua here. Um, 
or unless you just take Radagast on foot without any upgrades. Uh, so Glahir's fight eight, strength six, defense eight, two attacks, three wounds, courage six, three, three, three on might, will, and fate. It's got heroic strike, heroic strength, heroic defense. We won't talk about him a lot right off the bat because he's not in this list. The Great Eagles, uh, movement three, but they've all got the fly special rule. Fight seven, strength six, defense eight, attacks two, wounds three, courage six. And just remembering the army bonus takes you up to strength seven on a turn in which you charge for that. Uh, Eagles have fly, monstrous charge, and terror. Okay, so before you pick the uh, game or the list apart, uh, I have a buddy who is just an incredible painter here in the local group. And he had been working on his Mirkwood Elves. And he started the Mirkwood Elves for battle companies and slowly was painting these things up. Finally got all 800 points done, and he finished the Thranduil model on Elk from Forge World. And it was just ridiculous. Before we played our game, we probably spent like 10 minutes just looking at it, talking about painting techniques. It was one of the most beautifully painted models I had ever seen in my life. Um, I was running Radagast Alliance. We started playing Thranduil. Somehow allowed Bjorn the Bear to get into him in like the first two turns of combat. And Bjorn used the crushing strength. And Thrandall died in the first fight. <laughs> and my oh friend my was so upset. He wanted to restart the game. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, Thrandall lost the strike off and uh, never got to do anything else beyond that. It was glorious. Okay, well, so since, recap, recap since we're on tangents, hold on a second, hold on a second. Since we're on tangents, you guys have also seen the monster battles that uh, the Canadian guys put up on YouTube where they just have all the crazy monsters go toe to toe. Oh, yeah, what Bjorn? is Caladrum? Uh, yeah. I'm going to mess up the name. I can't remember. But Bjorn v. the Belrog, they had a few of those battles. I think Bjorn lost the, the final, like the actual one that they recorded. But there was, there was his victory. Bjorn basically did ten consecutive wounds to kill the Belrog, and then the next time, or the 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 final match was best out of three. The final match, he almost got another consecutive crushing strength roll off, and he almost beat the Belrog two out of three times, toe to toe. That's awesome. Uh, it's a fun special rule. Yeah, I think the fact that he doesn't get caught up in other heroic actions um, is kind of actually an advantage in this list. We'll talk about it later, but the Berserk can be a little problem, but you just got to play smart. Most of the time, once Bjorn gets into combat, you want him killing things, so it's not a problem. All right, so two heroes, Bjorn, Radagast, so six might, four eagles, six models total. What do you guys think? Mitchell, you go first. I've played against Bjorn a few times now, actually, because he, I, well, actually twice. Let's see. Maybe it was three. I can't remember. But in every time I played against him, it takes away the complete advantage that the Eagles have, which is picking their battles, flying around, storming one side, running around, doing their thing. Because what Bjorn does is that berserk like you were saying is it's forcing 200 points of your army to charge whenever your opponent wants to rather than trying to 
uh, run down and catch up to eagles. So playing Bjorn and seeing all these eagles flying around trying to do their thing and magic going around, it's so easy, especially with such a low model count, to just run one of your warriors up, force him to charge, run another one of your warriors up, force him to charge, and now all of a sudden you have 200 points investment that's about to get trapped and is engaged with your entire army, and now you have to decide with your eagles, do you commit with him or do you let him die? And that's the hardest thing I think that this army struggles with when you include Bjorn is because you're not picking your battles, your opponent is. It's I run Phaedrid a lot, and so Phaedrid has the same thing where he has to charge. Uh, but the difference I think is his, he has a lot of bodies around him that you can body block him so that you can still dictate. It takes a little bit more uh, positioning, but you can at least dictate when Thadrid's going to charge in. With Bjorn, you don't have the bodies to block him, so therefore your opponent can always just force him in whenever they decide, no, I want your army to charge. And then you don't want part of your army charging and getting trapped. You want all your army attacking all at once. So I think that's the struggle with Bjorn. I want to jump in on Excellent. this thought because you're on a roll, Mitchell, if you don't, if you allow me. Yeah. Berserk is only a special rule while he's in bear form. Right. That's true. So if you kept him in man form, yeah, you don't have to worry about it. Or switch to man form once you're getting close to combat and not willing to kamikaze yet. That's true. Yeah. You could do that. There's a chance, though, um, you have 200 points of investment that gets charged and then can never change into bear form for the rest of the game. If you lose a lot of priorities. Yeah. He's still pretty scary um, in man form because he's burly with a two-handed axe. Um, his fight isn't as good. but um, So I think you guys both bring up, I mean, good points. That's fair. I think the big difference between um, your Rohan hero and Bjorn is Bjorn has barge. That's true. I'm a barge and son of a gun with Bjorn because people typically try and do that. And then you just barge or if they surround him with a lot, I never try and bail Bjorn out because he's fight eight D eight. Um, he's going to win the fight. I dropped him in two turns, both times I played him because well, he didn't. In fairness, you were playing him with a Balrog, so that's... No, well, one time with a Balrog, yes, but I killed him with goblins. I didn't kill him with the Balrog or the dragon. I killed him with goblins. I have, uh, a, hard same... time, uh, I have a hard time seeing that happen. Well, it's I just mean, I'm, sure, same... I'm sure it did, but that's, that's probably a fluke. It's the same time thing that happens with a lot of monsters that I have. It's like my Ents, hardest thing in the world. Yeah, they could be amazing. You, get a, you want them to be trapped, because then they'll dish out nine kills, like Marcus was saying earlier. But if they don't roll a six... They're screwed, and then they're running out of might. They're starting to burn might to win fights, and it's just the same thing that happens. Is if, yeah, Bjorn might win one to two turns of combat, but if he fails to win one combat, it's going to be hard to even with D8. Yeah, three might, three will, or three wounds, three fate, defense eight. I don't know. That just seems like sure. a stretch. And I know it does. I know it does happen, but that really isn't something I'd sweat too much. And Bjorn is certainly not something I'd be bringing the Eagles in. Bjorn is typically out on the flank, and he does his thing. If he dies, he dies. But by then, the Eagles have some well-lined-up hurls. Or Radagast casts a Renew on him and brings a wound back. That's a good point. One of the big threads or the controversy is why does Bjorn in fair form not have Monstrous Charge? If he had Monstrous Charge, 
he would be completely out of the, the discussion of giant point investments with only three attacks. Oh, yeah, because then you wouldn't even want to bait him if he's got a monstrous charge coming in. Yeah, that actually... Yeah, and then you could actually start having a points make up to bring Gua here. And you could give a monstrous charge for an extra 50 points. Yeah. Well, not even, well, yeah. Or 45 so that you could bring Radagast on an eagle with Sebastian. That would be sweet. <laughs> Personally, I don't even think it would, if, if I was doing my own Marcus, draw up how many points you think Bjorn should be costed at. I think he's slightly over-costed right now. So I don't think the uh... – he, he's a great profile. I think the points are right. He's great profile. The problem is you can't include him really with anything because Radagast Alliance is red with a lot of things. So it's really hard to yeah. include him with anything that will not force him to charge. It's going to be low model counts. And so therefore you don't see him shine in the ways like Gwaihir does where who – you know the Misty Mountains can ally with just about – I think it's yellow with everything. And so that's that's why you don't see him shine. I think if you saw him in like a Minas Tirith block form, now oh, that'd be not fair. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? You have a shield wall and then a Bjorn charging around. Like, but the problem is you do have him in a low model count where he's not as fast as the rest. He has to do his own thing, and it's so easy to pull him in uh, with a low model count. You can't body block him. It's just a huge disadvantage at that in this particular army. I think he would do amazing in other armies i want to jump back in at the risk of stealing somebody's thunder this is what i'm really excited for as we continue this conversation talking about mitchell i think you and i have very traditional and very similar opinions when it comes to how you play big heroes personally when i look at this model i look at bjorn i look at him as a meat grinder big bruiser he is going to be somebody's worst problem worst nightmare and what i have noticed when I've been playing these more unique armies, especially Radagast Alliance, there are several ways to play the game, and a lot of them are not the same way I play the game. And I think, Matt, you're obviously gonna you're obviously gonna be talking to us about how you play um, with the sleigh, play with Radagast on the sleigh. But what I have seen when these two are comboed together, Bjorn does not get played with a traditional mindset of charge the middle of the shield wall. And he actually has a huge safety net with Radagast being able to fly or swing 10 inches. And with the base size, you can manipulate that 10 inch move to so many degrees. Radagast can come back at nature's wrath and knock everything around. So you can actually counter bait somebody. So in your scenario of the goblins trapping him, you can set that up and then come in in nature's wrath against everybody trying to trap him. So there's a lot of ways, there's a lot of different ways to play with these models that I've never played with myself. So, Yeah, and I think that was my biggest uh, uh, bummer when they FAQ'd nature's wrath, is I know a lot of people were happy that they took it down to a three-inch range because it made it harder to resist if you have a hero around. But I was in the habit of skimming Radagast Slay to where I would not have to go all the way to Bjorn to knock stuff down. Um, mostly to eliminate control zones so he could get around. But um, now that it's three inches, that's a lot tougher to do. But 
he is definitely, I think to Mitchell's point, Bjorn alters the way you play Eagles. And the reason I like it so much is I never played Misty Mountains. I bought Eagles to bring Radagast Alliance. Um, so I am used to playing with Bjorn. It's how I like it. It's just so much fun. Uh, but it it does definitely change because I have seen people bring just solo eagles and they play it so much differently. This is, I like this version of the list, Matt, because the other way I look at this, or I've seen other people look at this, Radagast Alliance gives you the option to have a 50-point discount on an eagle because you can take them as a mount. So yes. a lot of people I've seen play this list, they just run Radagast on an eagle, which because of the point investment, you could do Bjorn and Radagast on an eagle, but you're not going to have as much magic opportunities. You're losing your staff of power. That's what I mean. If you're, if you put Radagast on an eagle, he doesn't get to take his staff with him. Um, yeah, he does. So I it's amazing how quick you lose six will. Yes. And how many times in late games, I'm sure you've seen this, how many times late games do you find yourself wishing you had one extra dice to throw at something? But, Absolutely. Uh, no, I, I love Radagast on Slay. There's the controversy of the huge base size allowing so many opponents to try and charge you at a single time. Um, I, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, the high, the high skill cap philosophy or high skill cap definition meaning that some armies are really unique and their uniqueness it takes a lot of repetition to kind of coax it out figure out what works what doesn't work what synergies can you leverage in the middle of a game i think radagast alliance is an extremely high skill cap army but they've had a lot of success in tournaments uh not grand scale tournaments that i've seen but smaller tournaments local tournaments i've seen Radagast on Slay do really well. Not always pure. Sometimes he's allied, allied in somewhere. But uh, mm -hmm. extremely fun model. Very hard to play against from what I've seen. Uh, unless you get the horrible roll where you roll snake eyes with all your dice and then somebody throws a bunch of wounds all at once. It makes you completely change your tactics mid-game. Um, it's kind of one of those armies like uh, Smog or uh, when I run Ents where won't always be the best matchup, but you'll have a ton of fun and you will absolutely ruin someone's tournament day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's always fun. fun. It yeah, is always fun. I have, I have yet to play an Ent list that is not fun. And I think Eagles are the same way and Radagast Alliance. It's always been fun games. Well, Matt, in your philosophy, walk us through this. So when you're playing this, you say this is your fun list. This is the most fun you have playing a list. Do you find that actually changes your mid-game tactics? Do you find yourself being willing to risk a little bit more or try for the home run? Do you find that it makes you play freer so you actually play better? You've done well with this list. That's the reason I ask. So you're playing this off like it's a, a less than 500 army build, but you've done really well. Win-loss ratio. Yeah. I think I play freer, which I wind up playing better. Um, and when I mean freer, I play extremely reckless with this list. So 
so Bjorn and the Eagles, they are they can be killed, but it takes the right set of circumstances. And with the wound count on each of them, having the ability to somewhat form a very, very tiny line and have Radagast either hiding in the trees in his sleigh or hiding somewhere as a support character. So if somebody loses a fight, you don't really worry about it because if they lose a wound, you just cast a renew for free and add the wound back. Um, and if someone starts to get too close to a crowd of eagles, like if you, if you make a move and get out of position, um, you just make sure Radagast is in the back line so he can come up nature's wrath and the eagles are going to be okay. Um, it's just very forgiving with reckless behavior. I think is the whole basis of it. So I'm crazy careless with the Eagles. And my, my overall strategy is this. Um, you try and, if, you, if you're rolling for board edge, Radagast is kind of fragile to shooting because he's low defense, the sleigh is low defense. So you always try and take a counter shooting position, even if, and you really don't care about movement strategy because everything moves pretty good through terrain uh, and fly special rules. So the strategy is usually Eagles, Radagast on one side, Bjorn on the other. And I take the right flank with Eagles and Radagast, left flank with Bjorn. The enemy's middle is open, and you see what they do with the middle gut move, and you respond. Wait, say that one more time, please. So if you imagine a battle line coming at you, and it doesn't always form cleanly, but if you have a fairly straightforward battle line, I always opt to the right side. Or whatever, but I mean, you could switch it up. But one side go the Eagles and Radagast. The other side goes Bjorn by himself. And I never let too much separation. So we're talking 12-inch max of separation. And then my entire strategy from there hinges on which one the opponent goes for. Most of the time, ah. the opponent will sink everything into trying to surround and kill Bjorn. And that allows me to just see what's vulnerable, what I'm going to snipe, do you just, I mean, it just, so everything hinges on what your opponent does when they see Bjorn out there like a tasty morsel. And I get into Bjorn form before combat always. I never risk it. I, I really don't care if he reckless charges it or something. That's, that's interesting. I, the, the ability to counter so quickly and move 100% of your force in the blink of an eye I run a lot of armies that are six-inch movers, so you're literally covering twice the ground in the blink of an eye. It's very hard to counter unless you have something to fight around. So when I was reading this list initially, and I saw that you included Bjorn, my first thought was, oh, great. He's now including something. He's including 200 points that he has to fight around, or he's completely willing to lose. And what I mean by fight around is you're, you're basically establishing a target that is moving in a consistent manner you can't fly over a building you can't go you you can't go through trees you can't fly over a building i know your general trajectory you can't uh radically alter bjorn's path unless you just stop moving or move backwards so it's a constant that you can key off of but the fact that you put him off way by himself and you're not trying. He has two eagles that come in his warband, I think he said. So two eagles go with Radagast and Slay. Two eagles go with Bjorn. So you're saying you basically fly the two eagles with him back to the Radagast formation. And Bjorn is riding solo until the enemy com commits a significant tactical 
uh, slip of the cards, whatever they want to do, commit to trying to kill something, rush for an objective. Yeah, that takes my theory on that part away, I think, a little bit. Yeah, but that's that's how I play it. I mean, and so in that scenario, if they bring in a big bad hero that's going to strike on Bjorn, then you transfix them with Radagast. If they surround him with a bunch of troops, then you go after their hero that's that's probably out alone, and then you you let Bjorn just take it. Um, it just it's so, so many options there. Uh, so the the thing about Bjorn's stat and bear form is fight eight causes so many problems. Mitchell does this with the Ents, but. So you bring Azog in or Boromir with his banner, they're having to strike. So I played a game against uh, Minas Tirith where they were running Boromir and Faramir. And Boromir used up all of his might with six might, calling heroic moves so Bjorn didn't get the charge, charging into Boromir, then calling a strike. In three turns, he used up all Boromir's might. Boromir managed to wound Bjorn twice and I never used Bjorn's fate I just renewed him with Radagast and by the time it was done Boromir had no might my eagles had caused terror to Faramir and the Minas Tirith lines with hurls and it was it was all over after three turns of combat wow I think that's something that is understated the amount with Radagast being on slay the amount of flexibility you have to come back and help with the immobilize Immobilize without his staff of power is something you only only get once or twice a game because you only have six will. And you have to pick, do you immobilize or do you renew? But with the staff, being able to swing 10 inches back to to throw an immobilize on a hero that's charging or to use that renew, that's pretty powerful. Uh, and one other thing I want to point out, and I, I we can jump into this right now or later, but all ideas for alternatives or something that we thought you should try your pick set up in a different format. Radagast's horse is like the most worthless upgrade in this army list. Similar to your Sebastian comment, but even more so because you can't, if you opt to forego the sleigh or opt to forego the, uh, what is it? Great Eagle. You pay for the horse upgrade and you're at 160 points and that's a 10 point oddball. There's no, Radagast Alliance list, pure Radagast Alliance list that you can take that includes Radagast on a horse. Yeah, it's super weird. I feel like you guys can correct me, but I feel like that's something for like the White Council if you take him to the White Council. Yeah, probably. But anyways. Ally something in. I know uh, the guy, he hasn't done it yet, I don't think, but uh, Nick, as we brought up multiple times because he's the one that plays this army, he is now... Uh, for the, the weird amount of points that's left over, I can't remember the exact math on it, but he's bringing in Balin from Thorne's company to give the long beard rule to his eagles. Uh, mm. And then it fills in the spare points. That's why he wanted Balin. Okay. Yeah. He's going to be mad we're still in all his secrets. Oh, I didn't say Plagiarism. <laughs> Yeah, there are. I guess I'm looking through the alliance matrix. There are quite a few uh, yellow alliances that Radagast can go into. All from the Hobbit, though. That's fair. Uh, so I was let's talk about there. a few funky things that just frustrate opponents like crazy. And this is this is noob stuff because if you're an advanced player, you're not going to fall for this. But imagine two or three turns of being pissed off that Radagast is doing shenanigans with you, 
and you sucker them in by putting Bjorn in a spot like, let's pretend behind a big rock. And so they see an opportunity because Radagast is on the other side of a forest and can't see Bjorn. They think, finally, Bjorn is out. Radagast can't heal him. Radagast can't do spells. And then they make all the move. They commit. And then you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, remember the Master of Birds deal? Yeah, I've still got him. He's healed. Yeah. Or, no, you're, you're transfixed. It, 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 it never ceases if people haven't played against that. Everyone always forgets about it. It's like the first time you play against Volley Fire. Matt, I, I would say that's not even a noob thing. I think you could take that to the nth degree. It's yeah. not just for his magical spells. Radagast has spell sight plus perfect line of sight for magic. Radagast can always charge because he's always assumed to have line of sight. So you could be around a corner and charge on your yep. sleigh. Yep. Same thing for the eagles. It is insane. You could be in the thick of battle. And I'm I'm a stickler for this. You know, I try not to be a dick about it per se, but if you're in the heat of combat and you're in a crazy battle line, there is a lot of situations where you're trying to execute a charge. You can't get the charge because if you actually look for line of sight and check line of sight, you can't take a step back, take a step over, and then take a step forward and charge your opponent because you never saw him. So having guaranteed line of sight and the ability to charge from any location, in addition to all the spells that you just rattled off, you could do an immobilize or renew or uh, maybe a panic steed out of nowhere, mm. maybe on the other side of a forest and you throw a panic steed on somebody. Yeah, Naz a... Nazgul hate, hate, hate yeah. Radagast. <laughs> they hate Radagast. Yes, <laughs> it's insane. And, and I would say maybe the line of sight on a sleigh, maybe you don't have all that opportunity to make a, a really weird charge because your base doesn't fit everywhere. But always having line of sight is so amazing. Yeah, I, I never even realized the tactical advantages of like even the fell sight on the fell wargs. Of, mm -hmm. I always thought of like as a you always are able to charge them when they're hiding. But it goes opposite. You are always able to hide and not and worry about you being able to get to them. So yeah, you're always able to agree. hide. So that protects Radagast. You can always throw him behind a building. You can always throw him behind a tree, behind a forest, behind anything you want, and know he can still get to anything he wants without fear of them somebody getting to him. Yes. Yes. I think that special rule is, is really good. Underutilized, perhaps. And so maybe, yeah. Matt, you're fleshing out the the several ways you can take advantage of that and use that to your advantage, um, pairing it with Bjorn and just frustrating the heck out of people. <laughs> More so when you had the, the six-inch range on your Nature's Wrath. But Nature's Wrath was so devastating in this because that was when, when it was six inches and you had the right positioning to be able to knock everybody down that was about to kill your eagles. And then to charge into something that wasn't expecting it with six attacks, just mm. uh, so yeah. much fun. Well, and, and I want to pivot really quickly while we're talking about Nature's Wrath. We focused a lot on Bjorn and how you play tactics around Bjorn. Well, let's switch back to your leader. Radagast having Nature's Wrath with his staff of power, you're going to be able to get the roll. Two, two or three dice is not unheard of if you are in a pinch where you absolutely need to get it off. And you have monsters that can hang eight or nine inches behind waiting for the spell to go off before they charge in and have devastating success with their 
Uh, oh, before I say that, I need to rule check myself. Can an eagle take advantage of a heroic combat called by somebody other than Guahir? Uh, yes. Okay. It's only Guahir's heroic actions test. affect. No, it's only Guahir's heroic actions only affect eagles, but other people's heroic actions can affect eagles. Okay, so you can. I, what I was going to say is being able to pair the nature's wrath with a charging eagle. Have I, I'm, I'm at that point, it's guaranteed. You're going to guarantee a hero combat. They're on the and, ground, zero pain of recourse or risk of recourse, and then the eagles have a 12-inch slingshot from that heroic combat. Plus, it's going to take your opponent an entire turn to recover from whatever didn't get charged. And let's not forget that Radagast has the biggest area of Nature's Wrath in the game because of yes. that base size from the sleigh. He beats yes. out Thranduil because that area effect, if he's able to blitz through the middle or hit your line, he's just covering way more with those three inches than any other model in the game. Yeah. We're probably preaching to the choir, Matt, because you've probably done this a ton of times, but think about when it, when I'm visioning the model, it's, it's uh, what do you call it, oblong in shape. You The person turns the base sideways. When they're charging a battle line, they charge the battle line, turn the base sideways, so then you get a four or four and a half inch width and then do three inches from that. So your nature's wrath is huge. What? That's that's ten plus inches. Yeah, it's crazy. So, if you're able to twist that sideways against the battle line and drop it, man, it's crazy. Which you almost feel guilty because it feels like it should have a chariot movements type rule, but it does <laughs> not. Yeah, you get to pivot whatever. We yet my sixty mil condish chariots have to. Take a 45-degree turn. Yeah, I'm but like, this, I know I only get to move a half inch here, but hold on while I swivel this completely. Yeah. Okay, now I'm sideways. Here I go into you. Yeah. That's what I was talking about earlier, joking. There's so many ways to really stress test that movement rule. Yeah. But I, I saw the movie, guys. If you saw the movie, you saw how those bunnies took those 90-degree turns. The no, Barry Sanders out there. He doesn't even have to take 90 degrees. He can do 180s. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's right. <laughs> And I live for the one time in the game where you're facing, I mean, what do you want it to be the Witch King? Do you want it to be Azog? Do you want it to be Suladan? Some scary bad hero. And Radagast rolls his five normal dice, which I've got dice with his little hat on them. And then I've got one little tiny white dice with a hedgehog on it. And when Radagast's dice are all like ones, and that one little tiny dice comes up a six, and you win, you're like, ooh, <laughs> Killed by the hedgehog. <laughs> just demoralizes people. Love it. I just keep imagining him throwing Sebastian, bouncing off the person and coming back to him. Spike. Spike. Oh. People are people are itching their nose, like, what just hit my nose? Yeah. You've been what attack, Sebastian. <laughs> Again, this might so, be obvious too. Oh, go ahead, Matt. Well, I was going to say, for overall, I mean, you guys know six might in a list is severely low, especially for me. Um, so what you've got to really be careful of and be disciplined is you see all these great things you can do with Sebastian. The worst thing, or, or not Sebastian, Radagast. Um, the worst thing you can do is get over aggressive with him because you do not have the might to heroic move out of trouble very often. So if you get Radagast in and he gets charged, you will likely lose the game instantly. You have to pick your charges and you have to keep your distance with Radagast at all times. If you do come in and do Nature's Wrath, you have to have enough movement to get back out of six-inch charge range. Got to be disciplined. 
I would say it's worse than six might because Bjorn's three might doesn't really affect the rest of the army. It only affects himself. So in reality, for heroic move's sake, you only have the three might from Radagast. Only when he's in bear form. We keep assuming that he's in bear form 100% of the time. If you well, got into a might yeah. problem. But Matt yeah. made it clear that he always changes him into bear form right off the start of the game. But if you got into a might problem, you could get out of bear form, and then your might could be used to support your other your other eagles. If you have the move, yes. If you're running both out of, of might, your, and you're always, you if you're running out of might, and you're always losing the heroic rolloffs, and you're not able to turn back into man form, you can't bank on that. Yep. True. And it's only a fifty-fifty to get out of there, so you do win the heroic move. You call a move with Bjorn. You roll a three, he's still in bear. But but yeah, you guys are both correct. So it just creates some nuance. You are severely undermited. And gosh, anytime I'm less than like 12 might at 800 points, I feel naked. <laughs> you learn to do without. Yeah. But again, it's a good natured, it's fun. You're very comfortable making your opponent go crazy in this having two monsters that get a charge off and throw in a hurl at them i mean this is yeah. just a you, this is all about positioning baiting and switching making an opponent think they get a charge and so you're really playing for those two opportunities per turn so this is another combination you just reminded me of if you have bjorn go headlong let me take a step back normally i would say you correct me if i'm wrong matt you would not be overly aggressive with this army to the point where you're engaging as soon as possible and fighting a significant for portion of their army. I imagine this army being very passive and a lot of turns going by where not all of your models are fighting at once because you're setting up a counter charge in case you lose a roll. Is that okay? So assuming that is how the game that you're playing is going, um, Bjorn being strength eight in bear form does not get knocked down by throwing models into his combat. Correct. A huge call out because if a opponent does gamble and go all in to try and trap him or at least put three or four models on him, you can nullify all of that. Even not if it's at risk of uh, not all of it. Only those in base contact. Not all of it. Spear supports only... still, still are in the fight. Just, just, just so you. No, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'll, I'll look this up. I could be wrong. Any when uh, a model gets thrown into combat, it's everybody in the fight. Right. So and it's spears a spear don't, support. Spears don't. Su they, don't they don't have to. But if if you opt that they aren't in the fight, they don't get to lend their attack. Come the fight is. No, that's not true. Spear supports are always never considered a part of the fight, which is why you're able to shoot at them as a good player. Uh, they're not considered as part of the fight. They just support from behind. But they are never when a hero combat goes off and you kill everything, spear supports do not get to move and charge and fight again because technically they are not a part of the combat. They're not a part of the fight. I hear what you're saying. I agree with you except for the fact that they're knocked down. But instead of fighting on... Something that I honestly don't know. I'll just look it up really quick and, and figure it out. Okay, well, actually, after we looked at it, yeah, you're right. They, they don't get knocked down, the spear support. But I think the essence of the 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 essence of the, uh, the ability here or the amount of 
maneuvers you have as a player, maybe just take one more step. Go one step further, line it up to where you're going to knock down a significant portion of the spear supports uh, to make sure that even if you are trapped, there's going to be a limited amount of dice thrown your way. So uh, one more get-out-of-jail-free card. Perhaps. It also is guaranteed against cavalry. So you have an excellent point because cavalry armies hate monster armies for obvious reasons. Oh, but yeah. if they go in and charge uh, Bjorn for the trap and say, okay, at least I'll be able to knock out this 200-point hero, and you do exactly what you said and hurl a model into that combat, oh, yeah. Yeah. all the cavalry just get wiped out. But you're still at a little bit of risk. Well, this goes into what Matt was saying. If you get that knockdown, you knock down everybody who's in base contact, everybody who's engaged, and the amount of dice you're going to be able to throw, even assuming your trap is successful, it's not going to be enough to kill Bjorn, so then you can come back with Renews and That's true. build him right back up. Unless you're playing Isengard, which is how all my ends, how Treebeard seems to always <laughs> die for me, is he goes up against Isengard, and there's like eight Berserkers plus like ten Pikes <laughs> all stratted up, and if he doesn't yeah. roll that six... He's dead. Yeah. Pikes are the only time I would start to get scared with Bjorn. Yeah. I'd so you do fear the Easterlings. <laughs> oh, no. No, I He said pikes, not Easterlings. <laughs> Let's be clear. I said conservative, not fear. I just wouldn't <laughs> charge him straight in. No, of course, strength, strength hash, to me. <laughs> never mind. That'd still go crazy. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> hash, hashtag Easterlings are the best. No, I, I gotta say, not the worst. I gotta say, yeah, not, not I don't the worst. Hashtag Easterlings are not the worst. <laughs> Matt, Matt, talk to us about what scenarios you had a lot of success with. What scenarios give you a lot of trouble to start this, or maybe give you a little bit of a runway? Having this this army against uh, any opponent really in reconnoiter is going to be an auto lose, and if it's not an auto lose, I would be amazed at how you pulled that off so curious to see what scenarios keep you up at night what scenarios are you super happy with besides lords of battle you can't talk about lords of battle why can't i you can't throw out <laughs> order and take away lords of battle <laughs> all right um yeah lords of battle isn't fair with this one reconnoiter's tough um you can still manage it just with the super range and this is where the base size of Radagast on Slay and Nature's Wrath do help you with uh, with Reconnoiter. And the fact that as they're coming across the board, you're positioning with terrain and picking them off. So Reconnoiter is tough, but not insurmountable. Certainly probably one of the hardest ones. My all-time favorite scenario to play with this one is Storm the Camp. Mm. Oh, I didn't think about that. I, I have never... So here's here's a here's a thing. When playing with a non-Radagast Alliance army, I have never won. It has always been a tie or a draw. When playing with a Radagast Alliance army and Storm the Camp, which has only been three times, I am three and zero. Oh. And that the reason I'll say that I will go simply. We don't need to get too far into it. If the opponent comes out, you're going to snipe around, go take their camp. If the opponent decides to stay in their camp in their little 12-inch bubble. You come into them, knock them all down, and still pick your points. But they're basically, if they're staying in their little 12-inch triangle, they're setting up the most epic Nature's Wrath and Hurl bait ever. I didn't think about that. You come in, you come in with Radagast, you knock everybody down, then the Eagles come and throw their hurls. Uh, so Storm the Camp's my favorite. 
Lords of Battle is obviously good, but that's usually not fun for your opponents, so I really don't like that one. Uh, I'm actually fine with some of the, uh, I would say, domination I'm okay with. Capture and control is pretty tough on this one when you think objective. Very low model count. Actually, I reversed that. Capture and control I'm okay with. Domination I have struggled with with this army. Sorry. Um, I have never played one of the new scenarios, the six new ones with this, so I can't really comment on it because I've never done it. I think those would be very tough with the low model count. Uh, we, seize the prize. Rewind, I, I would, I would really love quick. just to, uh, yeah, we can, but I just want to say I would love to roll seize the prize finally with this. I've never got a chance to do it. Seems like it would be awesome. That goes okay, back I'm to Lords of Battle about being fun for your opponent. Come on. <laughs> it, it is fun because the game lasts like five minutes and everybody starts drinking beer immediately afterwards. It's great. <laughs> but you guys asked for rewind. Backing up. Oh, why, why is capture and control not fun for you, but domination is fun for you. Or not fun. Fun's wrong, I, wrong word. I, he I, reversed I, it. I reversed it. I, I said it the way you said it the first time, and then I said, oops, I messed that up. Capture and control is fun. Domination is tough. Can you walk me through why there's a significant difference in how you play those two types of scenarios? Because in domination, you have to remain within three inches of the objective to score points at the end of the game which is very, very tough. In capture and control, it is easy to hold, slowly work your way across the board, and as soon as you knock their people off an objective, it remains yours when you abandon it, which the Eagles do frequently. So, okay, no tag in place. I would think that domination... Did I just mess that up again? Whichever one doesn't allow you to run away from it, uh, whichever one requires you to stay within three inches. Domination. Domination requires you to stay within three inches. Capture and control does not. Got it. I would imagine that that would be extremely frustrating to play against because I, as your opponent, let's say I march two or three warriors out to attack objective number B, and without a moment's notice, you could pivot an eagle 12 inches, come over, kill all three models, and now we both are losing victory points because you, you can go back to doing your thing. I'm going to have to invest a lot of points to spread myself very thin, which is to your advantage, I would say, because you'd have fewer obstacles to focus your efforts on. I don't think you get a lot of major victories, but I would definitely say that I would put money on you to be better than 500. Yeah, I think you're right. But remember, I think, well, maybe it wasn't the question, but how I took it is which are the most fun. So domination stresses me out with this. You can oh, still win, it. but I, I'm talking about the most fun. Sorry, or, okay. or that makes sense. maybe maybe even the most fun is a wrong word, but least stress. You're like you're feeling like you're in the driver's seat, capturing most control. enjoyable. Yeah, we've got okay. it. Okay. Okay. Uh, hold hold ground is stressful just because the maelstrom of battle. Um, I mean, but I guess it really doesn't bother you too much because there's such good movement. But if you have Bjorn and four eagles off by himself, it could be a problem. Because uh, the way I set this up is there's four and four in each warband. Uh, no, four and two. Four and four, yeah. I can't even remember how much I've got. I think there's two eagles and one hero in each warband because there's six bottles total. Three and three, okay. Yeah. Um, trying to think what other ones are there that we haven't talked about. Uh, I think that, that Contest of Champions would be kind of tough because you'd be in a spot where 
Radagast was having to charge into combat, and he doesn't have any killing spells. Um, and he doesn't have command. So getting people to come out that he can charge and not get into trouble is, is tricky. That might be the toughest in this, but... You have the get-out-of-jail-free card to where you could cast the Nature's Wrath and run away. So I've seen Contest of Champions play that a lot of times with the hero that's not a... The leader hero that is not a combat leader. They have to run away. And so the, the kill count is usually zero kills or maybe one or two kills for your non-combat hero. And you're trying to minimize and keep the opponent from getting any kills. Gladriel's an example. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't be too worried about that. It would be weird. It would be different. I would assume the new scenario, Destroy the Prize, would be crazy fun with this list. Or not Destroy the Supplies. Did I say that? Destroy the Supplies would be so annoying to face against this list. Command the Battlefield would be really annoying. Command the Battlefield would be very tough, yeah. Because... Because uh, eagles can cover that big. People really underestimate. I really underestimated the first two times I played. Both times it caught me. Command the battlefield. Just how big that dead zone is, mm-hmm. and how it takes more time than you think, an extra turn than you think to get out of that dead zone into the quadrant. And eagles being able to cover that distance in one turn, and being able to because whenever whenever you just have one model on that quadrant. Your opponent only gets one VP if they outnumber you. So you're able to basically say, I will contest all four quadrants and guarantee a capture on one, maybe two, because of my mobility. And now my opponents are only getting one to two VPs because I've just snuck an eagle in last turn on this quadrant and that quadrant. So that would be really, 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 really fun, I think. Oh, yeah. sure. I thought they had the Command the Battlefield. It was the double. If you're more than double, you get max VPs. I'm remembering all of these scenarios incorrectly, I think, today. I believe it's only um, you get one VP. Let's see, Command the Battlefield. If you have more friendly models wholly within, uh, you get one. And if, if you, you have, have at least double. Yeah. So Eagles would really struggle on this one. Yeah, they would. Okay, so it is double. Okay, I didn't see that. But also going into, like, uh, the other new scenario that's Breakthrough, that one for sure is if you can test your seriously. You just need one model on the four objectives. That one seriously will really mess with people. So I see Breakthrough really helping Eagles. And we forgot the basic ones. Clash by Moonlight, I think that would be amazing for Eagles. You wouldn't have to worry about getting shot at. Um, I've never played that with this army, but yeah, that'd be cool. Fog of War would be really I fun. I would you hate. Have so many targets. Yeah. Oh, does Sebastian count as a potential target? Probably not. He doesn't have a profile. That'd be so much fun, though, if you could make Sebastian the target. If he had a wound, if he just had one wound on him. <laughs> Clash by Moonlight, though, might be tough because Eagles stand up so well to shooting and get plus one to wound on shooting. That'd be scary, but... You just have to make sure, well, they get a shot at 12 inches, so it'd come to a roll-off when you get close. Just be careful of Legolas, because Legolas ignores the uh, Clash by Moonlight special rule, but he still gets the plus one to wounds. So, that would Yeah, be you just have scary. to come kill him quick, yeah. yeah. Uh, very fun list. 
Well, hopefully, Matt, at some point, I'll actually be able to go up against this and challenge you because uh, I've never played you into this list. It sounds like a lot of fun to go up against. Yeah, you, even if you lose, it's just fun. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't know because I've never watched you at this list. But, you know, <laughs> I'm sure it would be fun when you lose. No, I'm just yeah, that's thing to say. Um, I will say, though, this, this list proves that DW secretly hates me because, Marcus, you probably don't remember this, but we were talking when I first got into the game and you said, Radagast with Sebastian gets six attacks on the charge. That would be amazing. So I sat and I drooled at the sleigh and it was out of print. So I annoyed everybody on all the Facebook groups. I'm like, hey, does anybody want to sell me a Radagast on sleigh? And everybody laughed at me like, go away, little boy. And then I asked a few people, hey, can I convert a Radagast? And some, uh, one of the Johns in the group gave me a good idea. I tried, didn't work out. Meanwhile, I keep looking at eBay and the prices are ridiculous. Finally, I was like, I must have it. So I bought it on eBay. And then they announced that they were releasing Radagast for 75 bucks in a three pack. <laughs> <laughs> the very next week. It hadn't even arrived from eBay yet. So I have a I have a ridiculously expensive Radagast. You have a part you have a, you have a part two to this story too because you finally assembled this and you're like all right whatever I paid the price I built the Eagle Army I painted it and then they did the FAQ where they reduced the nature strap to three inches. Yes, they hate me. They really hate me. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that part. That was the same. And, yeah, that was. Oh, that's. <laughs> You should so much emotion. The base for Radagast on Slay is so large, Matt. You should go find some random uh, basing material that looks like gold coins or platinum coins or something and just hide it somewhere on the Slay and be like, there, now he's actually worth his real real world cost. Like the gold on Smog's base? <laughs> yeah, so will totally put some on Radagast. Uh, I'll, I'll put it on uh, the Instagram uh, but not because my paint job is good, but because um, there's a guy over in England, I think he's in England, but Generation Shift uh, makes a base that I use for my Radagast. It is so freaking cool. So uh, ignore the paint job, but, but the base is amazing if anybody wants to do that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Okay, so before we close out here, let's go through and give uh, a grade or, or uh, well yeah we'll just call it a grade to this army I think overall personally the options it's a very low model count you can take it two or three different ways I would say this is above average but I'm gonna I'm gonna hinge back on my comment above being very high skill cap and I hope you're not going against crossbows crossbows would suck Actually, it's still sixes to wound everything. But... So explain the tier list one more time for me so we can give this a grade. Or are we going letter grade? How are we doing this? Do letter grade. Okay, A, B, C, D, E. I'll give this a C grade. Hmm. Mitchell? You guys continually say that um, player skill does not affect my grade. So I would say <laughs> it has to be C then, but I think it can seriously be easily brought down to D or easily brought up to B. 
I like it. Matt, yeah. what do you say? Um, we're going to be boring. This is this is a C. If one of you guys had voted for a D, I would have done it just so there was a double, but um, we'll go with C. We're going to see some bat reps coming soon. Radagast Alliance on Slay. Attack of the, you'll have to name your list Attack of the Sebastian. Ooh. I like that. Attack of the Bunnies. Attack of the Bunnies. I like that one better. The Strength 2 Bunnies. <laughs> the Agile AF Bunnies. But seriously, in the score, if you were going to give something a letter grade for fun to play, no matter what you're doing, it's oh, just, yeah. this is an A. This is an a. Okay. And I think it's pretty fun for the opponent, even though it's oh, yeah. crazy sometimes. Oh, yeah. I, I would absolutely agree with that. Monster armies are just so much fun, so unique to play against and with. Yeah, I would I would absolutely agree with that. We did And I know, Marcus, with... you're trying to get off of there, but I do not think... Ah, I just don't see how you can play this army without having the fight 7... Well, the fight 8 one. You've got to have it. All right, tangent. tangent. Unless you are playing at a 50 point. If you're playing at 750, I withdraw it and you can take Wah here. But there's just no way at even points level that you can. Oh, I thought you I thought you were saying bear form. Because I would actually would have a, a random argument for why you should keep Bjorn in uh, human form. Oh, against... no, that wasn't what I was going for. I was just saying Bjorn total. But I would like to hear your human form comment before we move on. Trashy against trashy mob armies, uh, corsairs, goblins, orcs, uh, just to name a few. Having strength five with a plus one to wound, goblin town. It would have to. I guess it would have to be some D three, D four armies. So I'm trying to do the math here. If you're strength five, you would need threes to wound on defense three. So any defense three armies. So then you'd have twos to wound with your plus one. So to, if you're really doing trash hordes, I would say I would rather keep him as a fight six with the plus one to wound versus bear form. But if you're doing a horde like that, wouldn't you think a hurl that hits eight, nine goblins at strength three would do more damage than three attacks that wound on two pluses? Insurance. You have uh, four other models that are doing hurls for you. Having Bjorn doing barge and hurls, you want Bjorn to make sure he always kills three models per turn. Hmm. as a two plus that was my thought process there but now that now that i actually walked through it with you guys there's not very many armies that are defense three so very very small use case i think yeah all right well but thanks for uh oh i how would you guys take it at 800 you can't do you gotta hear what you do different I would take. Oh, go ahead. No, Mitchell. go ahead. Go ahead, Marcus. I would take Radagast on Slay with Sebastian, as you did. And I would take six Eagles. I will be, just to be different, I will do, just because I think it's an interesting dynamic you don't have the staff but i will get the free eagle for the 50 points basically discounted eagle this discounted eagle so i'll do radagast on eagle uh, which brings them up to 200 points right 
and then mm-hmm. I'll do the six eagles. Um, so that's seven eagles plus six willpowers to do whatever you want. So I think, Mitchell, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume we're playing this very similarly. With an all-flying army, I would be the most annoying player to go up against. I would only ever charge a flank. I would never engage straight on. I would always be dancing right and left. And I would never spend more than one turn on the same side of the board. I would be dancing all over the place. I'm going with the sleigh versus the eagle because I think being able to have more renews in your back pocket will keep your warriors. Your warriors have no might to affect a roll. You're with only three might. You're not going to get priority very often. My charging stratosphere would be very staggered. I would only ever charge two, maybe three eagles in at once, because then when you lose priority the next turn, because I'm just going to assume you're going to lose it, you have the ability to counter charge at least once and then come in with Radagast and Nature's Wrath to try and just salvage. But it's going to be a very hit and run, very dancing. Any scenario that requires me to go toe to toe and stand up and fight, I'm going to get shredded. But in the essence of a fun factor. Yeah. The other thing you could do here, which we probably don't have time to get into, is I keep considering taking Radagast on foot with his staff, bring Gua here, that balances out to 300, and then you can bring five eagles with it. You just, you just don't get the high mobility because everybody has to hover around Radagast. But then he gets stock unseen, so he becomes a lot safer in the support role if you've got good terrain. It's just risky. I've never done it, but it seemed like it'd be cool. Well, I would advise never doing it because you're going to outrun your range of your magic spells so quickly. Yeah. But I don't have the army, so this is all academic discussion. <laughs> I will say the difference, uh, just last point, I've seen this happen with Radagast on an eagle versus Radagast on a sleigh. Radagast on a sleigh, yes, six attacks, but only strength two. So Radagast on an eagle, charging in, dropping a let's just say a nature's wrath, doing a heroic combat, flying around another 12 inches to set up a hurl just from one model of Radagast. He strength four, not strength two. No, the, the sleigh. You, you're using the attacks of the sleigh, therefore you're using the strength of the sleigh. Nope. nope you With don't a model, to, you, you get... can pick and choose whatever you want to pick and choose. Because no, the sleigh is a mount. The sleigh is a mount. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get strength four. You get the knock. You get the knockdown bonus if you win the fight. Uh, you would always have to have a bodyguard though, because Radagast doesn't have strike, and he's only fight five. So against higher fight armies. Uh, very, oh, so the risky. so the eagle's making him fight seven. All right, that's what it's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He still gets strength four, but Radagast on Slay is a troop killer, not a hero killer. Agreed. On an eagle, though, that's a different dynamic. All right, guys. Well, thanks for putting up with that, and continues uh, to be fun. Pleasure say, I'll put up, put up some pictures. I did some funky stuff with the eagle bases too, which I'm not sure worked out, but we'll put some pictures up just for the fun of it. Well, I'll wind us down there then. It's been awesome, guys. Until next time. <laughs>